listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 152. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent four- and five-figure months and then on to six- and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Amazing human, I don't even know where to start. On the podcast today, I literally, literally, literally get to interview my all-time favorite author that has helped shape me into a better human, a better business consultant, a better mother, a better friend. You get the picture. This amazing human, Bob Berg. Bob Berg co-authored my all-time favorite book, The Go-Giver. Over a million copies sold, and if I'd have to say, a million plus different lives changed. It's a book that turns business on its head. It's a book that allows you to go back and put values at the core of everything. In fact, how, pro- how providing value leads to success and profitability. I'm like a kid in a candy store today with today's episode because it is truly such an honor to be able to be connected with Bob Berg and be able to share with you the awesomeness that comes with him. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about what are the five laws of stratospheric success, how leading with value and listening to your customers will lead to creating a profitable business. It sounds simple, and it is simple, but yet so many of you that are listening right now are potentially overcomplicating things in life and in business, and it doesn't have to be that way. So truly stop what you're doing. Take the time to listen to this podcast. Why? Because it will make you a better person. I promise. So get ready for all levels of awesomeness. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you. It's so great to be with you, Angela. Thanks for having me. Listen, I'm not going to lie about it, Bob, but I'm super pumped to have you here today for so many reasons. I mean, we initially met in Clubhouse, which is a platform at time of recording this podcast that I actually haven't been on since probably the last time and first time we connected. And Uh. when I was on Clubhouse, again, I at that stage wasn't on very regularly. And I saw your name come up. I was like, no way. It can't be the Bob, not the go-giver Bob. So I Uh. quickly, like you should have seen how fast my fingers went to get into that room. And when I was on Clubhouse, I always had this thing that I'd always just raise my hand because I wanted to be able to give back any way that I could. And then I saw you and we had an opportunity to connect and then we connected after. And so I'm super grateful to have you here. The book, The Go-Giver, has been by far the book that has changed not only my business and the way I think about business, but has equally contributed just to being a better human collectively. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the listeners to be able to have the opportunity to hear your wisdom today. But before we get into the interview, I always like to ask my guests a fun question uh, as okay. a way that the audience can get to know you a little bit more. And I can see, obviously, the audience when they are listening to this camp, but you've got an amazing setup of a bookshelf. There are thousands of awesome <laughs> books sitting behind you. And obviously, because we're talking about your book that you co-authored today, The Go-Giver, I'd like to know what is the most influential book that you ever read and why? 
Uh, well, so the reason that that's a difficult question, Angela, is because there are books on different topics that mm-hmm. have added to my life in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So it would be very, very difficult to say that there's there's one particular book that has, you know, that has done that. I would say if there's one book that I would suggest to people, um, because I think it it's it's the best book to prepare a person to understand the the basic truths of life and how to navigate your way through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a book most people have never heard of. It's called uh, The Secret to Selling Anything. Um, And while it's written about sales, um, it's really not so much about sales. It's about understanding human nature. It's about understanding and respecting and working within human nature, understanding why people make the decisions that they make and do the things they do. Mm-hmm. And it was a book that was actually, it was written in the 60s, but it wasn't published until the author passed away back, I think it was 2007 or 2008, when his mm-hmm. widow uh, found the, a couple oh, of wow. hard drives. Yeah. And it was actually two different hard drives he was doing just for training for his salespeople. Mm-hmm. And um, so it wasn't even meant to be published. But by the way, the se- when he said the secret of selling anything, the secret is find out what people want and help <laughs> them to get it. That's the big secret, right? As he says, the secret to selling need not be a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so when you understand that people are going to make decisions because basically they believe by doing so, it will bring them closer to happiness mm-hmm. based on their understanding of happiness mm-hmm. and within the limited amount of options they believe they have, okay, mm-hmm. then you understand why ultimately someone is going to make a decision to do something or not do something. And it's just a beautifully written book. Uh, his name is Harry Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually did a review of the book at the Berg.com uh, uh, blog, uh, just under The Secret of Selling. Right, perfect. We'll make sure we include those in all those links. And I and I, you raise an important factor there. Anyone who's been in my world for a while know I'm all about treat people like humans. At the end of the day, there's so many people I feel, Bob, that are just going for the transaction. Where's the next transaction coming? Where there's the next transaction? But behind every transaction is a human. A Absolutely. human is wanting, as you said, happiness. And happiness can be defined on so many levels. There's the mm-hmm. it, like the external things. They want freedom. They want more money. But there's also that internal uh, sense of belonging sure. and fulfillment that they want too, right? Yeah, it's a you know it's really a, a, the you know the one of the dictionary definitions of happiness is the mental feeling of well being. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, that's something that you know when you have that, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know you're you're happy. Uh, I personally define happiness as a genuine and ongoing feeling of joy and peace of mind, the Mm -hmm. result of living congruently with one's values. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I don't think we have to take it that deep in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of when we're in that, you know, the process of, of helping someone, whether we're talking about sales or whether we're talking about helping someone make a decision in life that they, Mm -hmm. that they need to make and they want our guidance. But it really, you know, it comes down to, as you say, so eloquently understanding that they're a human. Okay, mm-hmm. they they have feelings and they they want to be respected and they want to be cared about and they want to be understood. So mm-hmm. I think that's why, you know, when I define selling, I define selling as simply discovering what the other person needs, wants, or desires mm-hmm. and helping them to get it. 
And mm-hmm. to do that, we need to be willing to listen, you know, ask questions and listen and listen, not just to speak, but listen to really, really get what they're about and, and clarify and make sure because, you know, we understand that we see the world different from different viewpoints, right? Different set of beliefs, different points of mm-hmm. understanding and what we think they mean might not be what they mean at all. Mm-hmm. which is why we need to be able to tactfully and respectfully clarify and make sure we're all, you know, on the same wavelength. And I also think that you mentioned what well, um, they need to be, I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about like no like and trust. Mm-hmm. And of course I think people have to know like and trust you, but I also think it's not just about us. I think it's about us being able to make sure that the people who are listening to us and know like and trusting us are being seen and being heard, right? Because if they feel seen and they feel heard and they feel listened to, they're also more likely to want to work with us because of the fact that we haven't put our own needs first. We've actually checked our ego at the door and allowed them the opportunity to tell us what they need. Sure. Well, and a big part of eliciting people's trust is, um, you know, doing exactly what you what you said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a, a big part. So, you know, what I say is all things being equal, uh, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, here's the thing. There's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from from an I focus or me focus to an other focus, mm-hmm. looking for ways to, as, as Sam, one of the mentors and the go-giver told the protege, Joe, to mm-hmm. make your win all about the other person's win. Now, again, mm-hmm. this does not mean you're being self-sacrificial. It doesn't mean you're being a martyr. It doesn't mean, no, not, mm-hmm. not at all. It means, though, that you're understanding that you're, to the degree your focus is on that other person, that's the degree that person is going to have that trust for you. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there uh, and about the book, The Go-Giver, and that's one of the main things we're going to be talking about today. For you is, did you notice something in when you were working with businesses or in organizations that was a defining moment for you and the co-author to come together and create this book going, man, we need to look at alternative uh, business principles. We need to look at other ways that people are doing business because there isn't always this one way that people might be talking about. Was there a moment or how did it all come about? Um, well, I had had a book out for years called Endless Referrals, and the subtitle was Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. And it was mm-hmm. really written for entrepreneurs and salespeople mm-hmm. who knew they had a great product or service, knew it mm-hmm. brought you know exceptional value to others, but they they weren't necessarily comfortable with the idea of going out into their local communities and developing the types of relationships with people that would cause people to want to do business with them directly and and refer business to them. So the so endless re- referrals was really a how to it was a system, right? Mm-hmm. Of for how to do that. And it was about developing that those no like and trust relationships. But I'd always so that's something I had been, you know, teaching for a long time and it's how I built my sales mm-hmm. uh, career. Um, and I think, you know, uh, when you notice people who are sustainably successful, those are the things they do. Mm-hmm. And so, I, but I always thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take that, that, you know, basic premise and, and turn it into a parable? Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, Endless Referrals was a traditional how-to book. Mm-hmm. I think parables, which are stories, they really connect on a deeper level mm-hmm. with people. I think, you know, stories connect in a, on a very heart-to-heart, you know, kind of level. <laughs> yeah. and, 
And uh, and so I and that's why I asked John David Mann, who was the editor in chief of a magazine I used to write for, who was you know known within at that time within that small knit. Now this guy's got so many books he's co-authored with other many authors, and that he's ghost-written, co-authored, and and so forth. But back then, very few people knew of John's genius as a writer. Fortunately, I was one of them who did. And I asked John to be the lead writer and the storyteller, you know, mm-hmm. of, of the, the story. So it was really, you know, we, we kind of went through and, and we said, so what are, and, you know, John was a great entrepreneur in his day. And, mm-hmm. and he and I have, have studied success in our individual businesses for years. I mean, uh, and, and as we were really going through the laws that we wanted to, to include, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was basically, we're saying, so what are those things that, mm-hmm. that, People have always done, okay, but since time immemorial, so for, for as long as there have been people buying and selling, okay, from the, you know, bazaars and ancient Babylon to, you know, whatever, okay, that, that successful people did, whether or not they even knew they were doing it, because some yeah. people do things intuitively and other, right? <laughs> yep. Right. And so there were, always, there were those five aspects, you know, which we named the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity mm-hmm. that that successful people, sustainably successful people mm-hmm. always did those. And mm-hmm. if they did all five of those, they were successful. If they didn't, then they, you know, they, they typically weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really how that came. So it wasn't so much that it was doing things n- that it was anything new. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't, but mm-hmm. maybe in terms of differently only in the way that most people, unfortunately, you know, have not been taught to, to sell and conduct business that way. And, and, you know, hopefully we've been able to, and there's many other, you know, great books out there that have also taught, you know, the wonderful principles. We're certainly not the only one, Mm -hmm. but that, um, and so, you know, we, we felt hopefully we could make a difference in that regard. Now you've mentioned the five laws briefly there. Can you go a little bit deeper on them to give individuals a little bit more of a touch point, a little bit more understanding of those? Because I can't tell you, Bob, how many times I've cited these laws on other people's podcasts. I'll be like, hold on a minute. I just have to Google it just to make sure I'm reading it. And and I always obviously cite you guys. I was like, if any, if there's anything you do, do it. I I reference you guys in my keynotes around those, around these five laws, but the podcast people have heard them from me before because they're actually so simple. It almost feels like, how, how do people not know this? Like, I almost feel like at, at the day we're born, these laws should be infused in us because to me, they're common sense, right? But the thing is, is we're getting mixed messages on the internet from other marketing gurus about X, Y, and Z. And I won't name people, but you know what I'm saying. And I just go, hold on, we've lost our core values somewhere. Not all people, but some people. Mm-hmm. So I'd really like us just to talk about these five laws aesthetic fear of success so that people can have a better understanding and start to maybe have their own aha moments like I did when I was reading The Go-Giver. Oh, thank you. So the law of value says your true worth, and and this is in the business sense, of course, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear that, it's sort of counterintuitive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, give more value (laughs) than I take in payment. I mean, you know, it sounds all nicey-nice and everything, but it also sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. (laughs) more value than I take in payment. So, so to understand this, we simply need to understand the difference between price and value. Mm -hmm. Uh, Price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It simply is what it is. Mm -hmm. Value on the other hand is the, 
the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth to another person that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you make a very healthy profit. So let me give you a very quick example I like to use. Uh, You hire an accountant to do your taxes. And this accountant charges you, we'll just name a round figure, $1,000. That is her her fee. Literally, it's her price, $1,000, okay? But what value does she give you that makes this so worthwhile, okay? Well, first, through her years of study, her work, her 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 willingness to get to know you and know about you and dig deep into your business and understand what makes you tick and what you're looking to accomplish. She's able to save you Mm $5,000 in taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, She saves you countless hours of time. She also provides you and your family with the peace of mind and the security of knowing it was done correctly. Mm-hmm. So we see here that she actually gave you well over $5,000 in value mm-hmm. in exchange for a $1,000 fee or price. So she gave you more in value than she took in payment. So obviously you feel great about it, but she also made an excellent profit because mm-hmm. to her, it was worth it to her to trade her time, her energy, mm-hmm. uh, her intellect, her knowledge, her wisdom and skills for this thousand dollars. So in any, you know, free market based exchange. And when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. Mm -hmm. In any free market based exchange, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because Mm -hmm. each of them come away better off afterwards Mm -hmm. than they were beforehand. That's Mm -hmm. the difference between price and value, right? And why you give more in value than what you take in payment. You make a great profit, Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're still giving such an amazing, immense value-based experience mm-hmm. that it works out for everyone. Now, the key point, though, is how did this happen? It happened, this exchange took place not because your accountant was focused on the money she was going to get from mm-hmm. you, okay? She was focused on the immense value she was going to give to you. Mm-hmm. The money she received was a very natural result. Mm-hmm. So that's why we say money is simply an echo of value. Mm -hmm. The value must be the focus. The value comes first. The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. And that value is going to be so important because, again, if you listen to what your customers need, right, then more than likely they're going to see the value without you having to do all these manipulative tactics if you have a good way and a good understanding of what they need. Would you agree or disagree? Well, you should, yeah. That? Well, first of all, you shouldn't do manipulative <laughs> tactics anyway if it takes manipulative No, but tactics. there's lots of people well, teaching no, I, them, right? right. Oh, That's no, I understand. I, <laughs> I understand that. problem. No, but if, if you discover, you know, the most important part in any sales presentation is the discovery. If you can discover what this person needs, wants, or desires, and you really come to a a deep understanding of this, okay, Mm -hmm. then, you know, by the time you do your presentation, what you're doing is you're, and you match the benefits of what you offer Mm -hmm. with what they need, want, and desire, if they're really there. If they're not, they shouldn't be buying from you, but let's assume (laughs) they are. Let's say you're able to, to do what you're, you know, with this person. Then, you know, by the time when it comes to closing the sale, uh, you're simply asking them to do what they've already told you they want to do. Okay. You still have Mm -hmm. to ask, 
but it's, it's, you don't need any fancy tricky kind of, you know, uh, no, not, not at all. So that's why, you know, sales is, is really placing your focus on them. Women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day women in business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, Interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. Twelve speakers have already been announced, with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. And you said there, ask for the sale. And I won't get too much into sales tactics today. But how important is it for people? They, they're genuinely showing up as good humans. They're providing value. They're listening to the people. And I see it day in and day out with my own clients. They're freaking forgetting to ask for the sale, Bob. Right? Like they I literally, I'm like... Still- Still need like, to, you, you, you generally need to ask. I mean, you know, do, does the other person ever say, okay, I've heard enough. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, every no. so often I would not build a sales career on that, on that premise. No, you need to ask. <laughs> and a lot of times what happens is they, uh, you know, they forget to ask really it's, they're afraid to ask. They have a yes, fear. The fear starts. To, yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, it's, yeah. and so closing does not, you don't have to do anything tricky, anything. Minute. No, you simply ask. So would you like to get started or whatever it is that you're, you're doing? You have to ask. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you generally do have to ask, but remember if, if you've built up that value sufficiently, okay. Mm-hmm. If the value is up here and the price you're asking is down here, they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now remember value is always in the eyes of the beholder. So it's mm-hmm. not what you or I feel is of value about what we do. It's not what we think they should think is of mm-hmm. value about w- what we do. It's what they feel is of value. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, we always have to remember that when we ask, we ask and we listen, you know, from their point of view. And that's mm-hmm. why we need to clarify and make sure that we're understanding mm-hmm. what they're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And again, and we just keep going back to what they're understanding, what they need, what they want, right? Like, it's not about us. It's about them. And if we can do that, again, we will become profitable because we've put their Mm -hmm. needs first. So if we move on to the second law, what's our second law? Well, this is the law of compensation. And this one says that your income is determined by, uh, by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So mm-hmm. where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, mm-hmm. law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we touch with the exceptional value we provide, the more money with which we'll be rewarded. Mm-hmm. So uh, just like your accountant in the first example, she did a great job of giving you more in value than she took in payment. Mm-hmm. So if you're her client, the chances are uh, you appreciate her, you would mm-hmm. do business with her again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would probably refer her to others. Well, her mm-hmm. other clients feel the same way. So our accountant is very quickly 
amassing what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. And as she continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people, her income will continue to grow and grow. Mm -hmm. uh, you may recall in the story, um, Nicole Martin, the CEO, told Joe that, that the law of value represents your potential income, mm -hmm. but, it's, but it's the second law which talks about the number of lives you impact mm -hmm. with that value. So we could say that exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation. Mm -hmm. And right there, I always talk about this too with some of my own clients, is that when you serve people with value, you used it as an army, but I say they become your marketing agents for you. Sure, sure. And there's no better, in my opinion, way of um, a conversion is when someone else connects you by mm -hmm. themselves, right? You start to have conversations because I believe conversations equal conversions. And when you start to have these beautiful open conversations, those conversations I just have found in my own experience are so much easier when someone will introduce you for oh. you versus okay. having to go. And that's why these marketing, are you call them the army or I call them like they're, they're marketing agents. They're walking around mm -hmm. doing your marketing for you. It's a reduction in Facebook ads, Pinterest, and you're getting more qualified leads. What are your thoughts sure. about that? Oh, well, I mean, I think that referrals have many, many benefits to it. Among them are that it's simply easier to set the appointment because you're going in on borrowed influence, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with referred prospects, it's um, uh, price is less of an issue. doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's a non-issue, but it's less of an issue. Again, mm -hmm. borrowed interest, borrowed trust. You're always, you're already there, you know, with the premise that you are a professional. That's why you are recommended highly. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you're able to sell on high value as mm -hmm. opposed to low price. Mm -hmm. uh, selling on low price is always a losing proposition. You want to sell on high. If you sell on low price, you're a, you're a commodity. If you mm -hmm. sell on high value, you're a resource, a mm -hmm. referral obviously helps position you that way with referred prospects. It's easier to complete the sale borrowed trust, obviously what we call vicarious experience. You know, mm -hmm. this person's never done business with, you know, but someone who they know, like, and trust has said, Hey, this is the person, the only person you need to see. They're mm -hmm. great at what they do. They're a top professional. They'll have your best interest at heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And then another great benefit of referrals is, um, that this person is already of the mindset that that's how you do business since that's how they met you. So, mm -hmm. you know, in their world, you meet people through referrals, you sell on high value rather than low mm -hmm. price, you complete the transaction and you are then referred to others. So absolutely. I'm a huge believer in, right. Even wrote a book on it. So yeah. And, and how much <laughs> of this do you think impacts law number three, which is the law of influence? Um, well, law number three in, um, impacts the number of referrals you'll get <laughs> mm, <right. laughs> because, because this one says, you know, your, your, your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Mm -hmm. uh, again, not in a martyrish way or a self-sacrificial way or no, not at all. It's understanding though, that again, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And that, again, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you mm -hmm. from others than by genuinely making it about them. Mm -hmm. And we go back to our same theme. When you talk about law four, which we'll get into the law of authenticity, can you define how you, before we get into the law itself, how are you defining authenticity? Oh, I would say authenticity is acting in a way that's congruent with your values. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because again, there's so many people, so many different views, and I just think for the purposes of this. And so then the fourth law is the law of authenticity. Can you tell us a little bit about this law? Yeah, well, so so the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And in this part of the story, Deborah uh, Davenport shared a, a very important lesson, and that is all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are very, very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. Mm-hmm. But when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself, right, day after day, week after week, month after month, uh, people feel good about you. They feel mm-hmm. comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. And why wouldn't they? They know mm-hmm. who they're getting. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you say that as you, as I'm, I don't know if you can see, I just giggled there for a minute because I was speaking to my dad today before the call and I said, dad, I, I said, you won't believe us. I said, I get it interview my most favorite author oh. in the world today. He's like, well, kid, I hope you're going to scrub up nice. And I was like, dad, I'm rolling in in a hoodie and my hair's in a bun. He's like, no, kid, you got it. And I was like, dad, this is who I am. This is what <laughs> they get. This is how I show up. I said, there's no disrespect to Bob, but I said, I'm just showing up the way I do. And he's like, I don't know you today, kid. He's like, we're giggling, we're bantering back and forth. <laughs> but it is one of those things like, you know, I've been told by other coaches, you, you, you need to up your professional game. I'm like, well, I'm a multi six-figure business owner and I'm still staying true to me. I was like, that's actually why people are connecting is that when they're on a sales call with me, this is what you get. And I'm going to be the same person you're getting when we're starting to work together. Like I'm not changing. Um, and that's okay. You either like it or you don't. And that's all right. But yeah, so my dad and I were giggling today. He's like, so he said, he's like, so you're showing up in your authentic way, Angela. And I was like, yes, father. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I am today. So yes. And now the last law, the law of receptivity. Can you tell us a little bit about this law? Yeah, this one says the the that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Mm-hmm. And this one really just simply means that we we need to understand that yeah, we breathe out, but we also need to breathe in, mm-hmm. right? We breathe out carbon dioxide, we breathe in oxygen. We mm-hmm. breathe out which is giving, we breathe in which is receiving, right? Mm-hmm. None of these are one or the other. Mm-hmm. They're all ands. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's the same that, you know, giving and receiving are, are not opposite concepts, despite the messages from the world around us, which are not even mixed messages. They're just horribly negative messages about money, about abundance, about prosperity, about business. You, you know, it's, um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. And, mm-hmm. and so that can really get in a person's head. It can really get into the unconscious and you can have all these unhealthy thoughts uh, about, you know, uh, worthiness and about money and about what happens if I have, you know, and, and, you know, what we like to say is giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin mm-hmm. and they work in tandem. Mm -hmm. It's not, are you a giver or a receiver? No, you're a giver and a receiver. You know, I mean, obviously the focus has to be on the giving. That's the laws of life. We plant Mm -hmm. before we harvest. We sow before we reap. We give before we receive. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, those are laws, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we do that understanding that as we give, we are setting in motion uh, everything as we touch the lives of lots of people, as we place the interest of, of others first, understanding that they're buying for their reasons, not our reasons. As we come at it from our true authentic core, we have created that benevolent context for success. And, and when we focus on the giving 
and allow the receiving, we will receive. We'll receive in abundance. We'll receive an abundance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's where we want our, our mindsets to be. Now, I've got an inkling what you might say, but I'm going to see what your thoughts are on this one. Obviously, we've gone over all of the five laws of strategic fair success. So the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, the law of authenticity, the law of receptivity. My question is, you have seen an enormous amount of businesses and organizations. You've equally spoken on so many different stages. Your book has sold over a million plus copies. My question, though, is of all of these laws, which is the hardest one for individuals to accept and or apply both in business and in life? Oh, without question, it's the law of receptivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why? Get, like, why do you think those? Like, are there any like core things? Or yeah, like, I know you've talked oh, a little think, bit about it, but like, are you like, is there any? If you had ten people in a room, are there any kind of like common characteristics that you see? Most people don't even know why they have trouble receiving. Interesting, okay? because it's it's very much an unconscious thing. Mm-hmm. Remember the messages we get from whether it's combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media television shows, um, uh, you know, the culture around us, the messages about money and prosperity are so awful. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that again, people grow up with this, this um, misperception about money and Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, in and of itself, it makes people do, you know, again, there's bad people in the world who do bad things, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's, that's the exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but because of that, it gets into people's heads mm-hmm. and it gets into their unconscious. That's the most insidious thing of all. They don't mm-hmm. realize that that's what they're, they're thinking. If you asked these 10 people in the room, uh, or five people in the room, would you like to earn a whole lot of money as a result of providing immense value to others? I'd say, sure, of course mm-hmm. I would, but yep. watch how many people sabotage that situation mm-hmm. when it comes, well, that's unconscious. That's not conscious. That's a big reason why I, I, I truly believe that we should be making a conscious, um, proactive study of prosperity. Mm-hmm. There are great speakers out there and, and, and great authors and practitioners of prosperity. Uh, you know, some of them, uh, you know, are Randy Gage and Bob Proctor and Sharon Lecter and, uh, Ellen Rogan and David Nagel and, uh, Ken Honda of Japan. And I'm sure Australia has a whole bunch of, of great ones who speak on that. Well, study them because we get the garbage from at least in the states we get so much horrible messaging about money, you know, from whatever. And, 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 uh, And, you know, that comes, so that comes to us all the time. We need to proactively make sure that the information we're taking in is, is filling our heads with the right information. And also, would you also say the willingness to do the internal work too, Bob? So for example, is, is I've been working uh, with my current coach. I've been doing hypnotherapy sessions every week. Now, if someone said I was going to be doing hypnotherapy, Bob, I, my, well, my, I told my dad, he almost like rolled over dying, right? Because neither of us, I would never have accepted that into my world, right? But again, it's been super interesting six weeks. I've got another six weeks left because some of the things that you said, if those 10 people were standing in line and you're like, hey, do you want to make more? They're going, yes, yes, I do. But they're going to self-sabotage because they don't even know why they're self-sabotaging where the root is. Some of the things that are coming up in my hypnotherapy sessions, I've never even seen in my freaking life, Bob. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the things was Mm -hmm. this: um, a client had something said something to me. I was waking up in the middle of the night going, 
well, the other clients of mine think like, and that's not how I think. And then what came out of the hypnotherapy session was that I felt like I wasn't enough. So then during that session, they said, well, where did this stem from? And it stemmed from this incident with my mom. But I, I mean, I reckon my family and clients would all say, and would never say I'm not enough, but that's where some of this stuff was rooted. But sure, because absolutely. I had the ability or willingness to work internal and start looking yeah. at some of those things, I'm going to have more of a place of abundance and be oh. willing to receive. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> There's no question about that. You know, success begins on the inside. It manifests mm-hmm. itself outwardly, but it begins mm-hmm. with the work you're willing to do on yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think I applaud you for doing that. I think that is just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the last 18 months, I've had five significant people die in the last three years. My brother, my grandmother, a father type figure, a lot of amazing humans. And I thought, in order for me to show up and be my best self, I have to heal internally. And so I've been working with healers and like I said, hypnotherapists, people I would never have considered two or three years ago. But obviously we get older, we get more gray hair and we start to change and we get a bit smarter, Bob. So again, it's been an amazing revolution. And um, I encourage anyone, your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. And it's not fun and it's not pretty, but I feel you have to keep working on that. It doesn't, you don't ever stop working on it. And as you continue to grow and become more successful, there's going to be other things that will show up in the form of sabotage that you've never even thought of mm-hmm. so now point. listen i obviously for those that could see me as i'm smiling from ear to ear because i'm beyond grateful for the opportunity to have you on the podcast today for those out there who want to connect more with you want to understand how they could work with you more can you share with us a little bit about the best way of how they could work with you and how they can connect with you post this interview yeah the best way is just to visit berg b-u-r-g.com and uh, just scroll down to see some of the resources that we have for you. And, uh, and if there's something you like, you can always, you can always explore a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. My last question, Bob, is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, what do I know now that I, I, I wish I knew? Uh, you know, I think there's probably tons of things, but I think it's really just, you know, you, you don't necessarily know what you don't know. When Mm -hmm. you're younger, you know, you alluded Mm -hmm. to that yourself. We don't think that we need to do these things uh, to work on ourselves in certain ways because we already know the answer. Mm -hmm. And I've been in business for 30 years, 32 years, whatever it is. And I know there's a lot of things when I started out that, you know, I thought I knew the answer to that. I I didn't. I didn't even know the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Listen, you have made a huge impact on my role as a business consultant, but also just as genuinely being a better human. So thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. My team and I will be putting together all the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And we'll ensure to include your links in there and your book and your resources and everything like that. So again, thank you so much for your time today. And for the rest of you, have an amazing day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Bob. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au